This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue in the series, Essentials for Living. In these lessons, Pastor Rick shares the power you need to live on, the principles you need to live by, and the purpose you need to live for, so that you're truly living and not just existing. First, we're excited to let you know that very generous friends of Daily Hope have stepped forward with a special $25,000 matching grant. That means any gift you give to help Daily Hope share God's Word with people everywhere will be doubled. So contact us right away. Go to PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004 while you listen to today's broadcast. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part one of a message called, How to Invest Your Life. The internet is making millionaires of a lot of people very fast. If you had invested in a company called hotjobs.com just three months ago, in three months you would have made a 217% return on your investment. In three months. I bet you don't make that in your passbook account, do you? If you had invested just three months ago in a company called Net to Phone, you would have seen your investment grow by 247% in one quarter. If three months ago you had invested in a company called Red Hat Incorporated, which is the Linux software operating system, your investment would have grown an astounding, in just three months, 585%. And if you had invested just three months ago in a company called Internet Capital Group, your return on investment would have been an astounding 632%. Some of you are saying, I got the wrong broker. (laughs) But today I don't want to talk to you about financial investments. I want to talk to you about something far more important than that. And that's your life. You can do three things with your life. You can waste your life, and of course there are many ways to do that. You can spend your life, and the advertisers will give you many ways to do that. Or you can invest your life. And to invest your life means to use it in a way that outlasts it. To make a difference for eternity. To leave a legacy. Now the Bible is very clear that you were created to make a contribution. You were not put on this earth just to be a consumer. You were put on this earth to be a contributor. And that contribution that you make with your life, with your talents, with your abilities, the Bible calls your ministry. Now, we often think ministers is what pastors do, but ministry is for every person. When you take your talents, your abilities, and whatever you're good at, and you use it to help other people unselfishly, God says that contribution of your life is called your ministry. Now, Jesus says that one day we're going to give an account for how we lived our lives and how we invested our lives. And in the story that Pastor Tom read in Matthew 25, you might open that passage again because we're going to look at it today, he tells us a story on how to prepare for the final exam of life when God evaluates how well you invested your life. And today I want from this story to draw seven principles of life investment. And so write these down. The first principle is the principle of ownership, and it's called, uh, it, it says this, everything I have really belongs to God. That's the first principle. Everything I have 
really belongs to God. God made it all and God owns it all. It was here before you got here. It's going to be here after you leave this earth. Now, a lot of times we think that we own our things, but you really don't own anything. God owns it all. You just get to borrow it for 60 years, 70 years, 80, maybe 90 years, and then you return it. You brought nothing into this world when you were born. You're taking nothing out of this world when you leave it. So everything you have, cars, uh, loans, ambitions, uh, homes, everything you've got is really just on loan to you for the time that you are alive. Now the Bible tells us that God made human beings to manage his resources on earth. You want to know why human beings are here? We're here to manage the, the environment, to manage the earth. And the nice thing about it is while we are managing it, we get to use it. We get to benefit from it. But we must never forget that we don't own it. Let's say you had a beach house and one day you came and said, Rick, I'm going on vacation for three months. I'd like to let you use my beach house. It has a beautiful view of the ocean and uh, I'd like somebody to kind of take care of it while I'm gone. And I said, great. And they say, while, while I'm gone, Rick, I would like for you to, to do three things. I'd like for you to, to, to water the plants. I'd like for you to feed the puppy and I'd like for you to pick up the mail. Just kind of manage the house while I'm gone. But you can use it while I'm gone. I say, great. So you go away for three months. You come back later three months uh, time and you're ready to move back in and I'm not ready to move out. <laughs> and they say, well, we're ready to move. I said, oh no, I happen to like my bed now. Notice I said, my bed. And I happen to park the car in my garage and I like the view from my living room window. Now it would be quite presumptuous for me to act like an owner when you had just loaned it to me. But we do this all the time with everything we've got. We act like it's my career, it's my family, it's my assets, it's my home, it's my car, and on and on, when really it all belongs to God. It's just on loan to you while you are alive. Now Jesus made this principle in verse 14 of Matthew 25. He tells the story, and he says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey, this master, who called his servants and entrusted his property to them while he was gone. Now notice the word his property. Circle the word his. Because it's not the servants. It's the masters. Now listen, if you learn to accept this fact, this truth of life, that really everything you have belongs to God, not you, you're going to worry a whole lot less. Your worry will rapidly be reduced. Why? Because you don't worry about things that aren't yours. Think about this. When you get a ding in your car, you worry about it. Do you worry about the ding in your neighbor's car? No. Uh, when, when somebody else is having problems and their clothes don't fit, you don't worry about that. You just worry about your clothes that don't fit. Okay? And so if you realize, hey, this is all God's anyway. He gave it to me. He can take it back. In fact, he could replace it just like that. Then you worry a whole lot less because you're not trying to preserve what you've got. Principle number two is the principle of allocation, and that is that God has given me some unique talents. God has given me some unique talents. In fact, the word talent from the English language comes from this Bible story. Now, in the Bible, a talent was an amount of money. Specifically, it was about $1,000. And this master has doles out multiple talents to different people, a sizable investment in those days. Today, a talent simply means the natural abilities and gifts that God has given to me. You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. 
Rick will be back in just a moment with the rest of today's lesson. You can sign up for Pastor Rick's free email devotional at PastorRick.com. That's PastorRick.com. Do you desire more of God? He desires more of you. Let me ask you this. How's your relationship with God right now? Maybe you're walking closely with Him and you feel energized and alive. Or maybe you feel disconnected, like you're just going through the motions. Pastor Rick says if you want to stay connected and even deepen your relationship with God, you need to be intentional. That's why every year Pastor Rick personally goes through a spiritual renewal study, and now he's made that very same study available to you. It's called Going Deeper with God, a personal renewal retreat. In this very special resource, Pastor Rick will personally lead you on a spiritual journey that brings you closer to God. Together, you'll go through a series of audio lessons, and after each session, you'll take a little time to reflect and complete exercises in the companion workbook. Through this retreat, you'll experience a renewal of life within you. God will restore your joy as He renews, refreshes, invigorates, and revives your spiritual life. You'll never be the same again. When you give a gift to Daily Hope, you're helping share the hope of Jesus with people everywhere. And this month, your gift will be doubled by a $25,000 matching grant. Go to PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004 and we'll send you Going Deeper with God, a personal renewal retreat to say thanks. Again, that's PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Today is the last day to get this great resource and have your gift matched by a $25,000 matching grant. So contact us today. Once again, here's Rick. Now, some of you have musical talents. Some of you have mathematical talents. Some of you have mechanical talents. Some of you have business talents. Some of you have leadership talents. Some of you are good with working with animals. Uh, some of you are good at writing or you're good at uh, speaking or you're good at cooking or, in fact, uh, scientists have discovered there are anywhere between six and 800 different talents. You probably have at least 200 different talents. But the problem is you don't recognize them because they're just, they come natural to you, but they are not natural to others. Some of you people can naturally organize things. That's a talent. Some of you don't have that talent. <laughs> okay, you're very unorganized. Some of you know how to make things neat real quickly and others, it would take you all day to make a room neat. You don't have that talent. And so you don't realize many times the talents that you have. Now in verse 15 it says, to one he, this represents God, gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Now I want you to notice two things. First, the amount differs with each individual. Somebody gets one talent, somebody gets two talents, somebody gets five. We have been taught all of our lives that all men are created equal. That is not true. We are created equal in our value to God and in our worth as human beings. But we are not equal in our talents, and we are certainly not equal in, in our opportunities and freedoms. You were given some privileges, some abilities, or some freedoms and some opportunities that the rest of the world simply does not have, and most of the world would die to have the opportunity you have. So you got a leg up on civilization. You didn't ask for that. 
You didn't deserve it. You certainly didn't earn it. It was simply a gift of God. It was an ability that God gave you. And everybody gets something, but our, our talents differ. Some of you are one-talent people. Some of you are five, some of 10, 20, whatever. But I want you to notice, everybody gets something. There are no no-talent people. You say, well, I don't have any talents. Oh, yes, you do. You just haven't uncovered them yet. Now, in Romans 12, 6, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. Circle the word grace. A talent is something you don't deserve. So you can't brag about it because you didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. Uh, you might develop it, but it was simply a gift of God's grace. Tom's going to talk about the next one. The third principle, the principle of accountability, is that God expects me to use my talents. He gave them to me, he gave them to us for a, for a purpose. He wants us to make the most of the abilities that he's given into our lives. Have you thought about it this way? It's as if God looked at your life, looked at my life, and decided, I'm going to make an investment in them. Just like you would look for a financial investment and think, you know what, here's something that's worth investing my hard-earned money in. He looked at you and said, you are a person that it's worth investing in. But when you make an investment, then what do you do? You sit back and excitedly watch for the return on that investment. And God does the same thing in our lives. He invests in our lives and then watches for what happens. This verse isn't in your outline, but you might write down the reference Romans 14, 12. Romans 14, 12 says, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Listen. Every day we get to choose how we're going to live our lives. Every one of us. We get to make that choice. But there will come a day in all of our lives where we explain to God the choices we've made about how we live our lives. Jesus reminded us in this story. See that verse in your outline in verse 19. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled the accounts. Someday, we're going to be audited by God, an audit of how you, how you lived your life. Now, if you think you're nervous about an audit with the, the IRS, how about an audit with the G-O-D? I mean, that is a scary kind of audit to think about. And yet, the job of our church, the job of any church, is to get you ready for that final exam of life that Rick talked about earlier. Now, when you have a final exam, isn't it nice to know the question in advance? I want to give you the question in advance. Once you've settled the question of your relationship with Christ, which is the most important question in life, that you've trusted him with your life, then the final exam question, you might write it in with me, is God will ask me, what did you do with what you were given? And our goal is to prepare you to answer that question so that you can stand before God and say, I used my talents. I used them in a way that helped others. I used them in a way that made an impact on the world. That's, that's principle number four. One of the reasons we don't use our talents is the principle of utilization in the back of your outline. That it is wrong for me to bury what God gave me. To take what God has given and not use it for him. You notice in this story, the first person doubled his talents, what, we, what he was given. The second person doubled their talents, but the third man buried his talents. He just took them and, 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 and hid them. He was cautious, he was conservative, he said, I'm going to play it safe. He was the nothing ventured, nothing gained kind of a person. He just sat on it. And the master's reaction, we read it earlier, he said, you wicked, lazy servant. Do you think he was a little upset with him? He looks at this servant and he says, you are wicked. You should have at least put it in the bank and we could have gotten the interest. Most of us, when we hear the word wicked, we, we think, I think, murder or rape or, 
or abuse. But look at what God calls wicked in this story. He says it is wicked to not use the talent that you were given to make a difference in this world, to never make a contribution, to, to bury it, to put it out of sight and pretend it's not there. There's, there's a couple of insights in this part of the passage. First of all, you can't please God by playing it safe. To use your talent, you have to risk. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, the Bible says. And to take my talent and do nothing with it, unafraid to, to risk it in any way, is, is inexcusable. And then the second insight is, God would rather have you try to serve him, make an attempt at least, and fail, and fall flat on your face and do nothing at all. He calls this servant wicked, not because he lost the money, but because he was afraid to do anything at all with the money. Some of you, you, you look at your life and you have no joy in life day to day. There's, there's no spark, there's not that enthusiasm that you would really like to have there. Why? One of the reasons that happens to our lives is we start to play it safe. We start to sit on the sidelines of life. We become spectators, afraid to contribute. Not using our talents the way that God intended. Living for ourselves, not involved in service to others. And, and the truth of the matter is, we're bored with life. It's time to get back into the game. It's time to move into ministry. Why is it that sometimes we find ourselves sitting on the sidelines? That's the fifth principle. And that principle is the principle of motivation. And it goes like this. It is fear that keeps me from using my talent. Fear that keeps me from using my talent. In verse 25, the man who buried his talent said, I was afraid and I went out and hid your talent in the ground. Circle the word afraid and circle the word hid and draw a line between them because they always go together. What keeps you from developing your full potential? Fear. What keeps you from becoming all God wants you to be? Fear. What keeps you from uh, building your life a legacy that would last for eternity? Fear. Now there are three kinds of fears that will keep you from developing your talents. You need to write these down. The first one is self-doubt. Self-doubt is a fear that keeps most people locked in a prison and, and keeps them from developing their potential. You say, well, I could never do that. I'm just not qualified. You have all these doubts about your talents. And honestly, what it is, it's the fear of failure. I'm afraid that uh, if I try to use my talent, I'll fail and then I'll be embarrassed. Do you remember when you were in school and the teacher would ask a question and you would want to raise your hand, but you were afraid to raise your hand because it might be the wrong thing? How many can remember that? See, some of you are afraid right now to raise your hand. <laughs> so you're afraid I might call on you or something. Let me tell you something. I have learned this from experience. Fear is not fatal. I mean, uh, uh, failure is not fatal. It is never fatal. In fact, the fear of failure is far worse than fear itself. Fear of failure limits you. Failure is actually a good thing. It is a good thing. Because failure is how you learn what doesn't work. The only way you're ever going to become a success in life is through failure. By failing, you find out what doesn't work. I have failed thousands and thousands of times, and so have you. And that's how you learn. That's how you grow. It is an education. I tell my staff all the time, I want every staff member at Saddleback Church making at least one major failure a week. Because if you're not failing, you're not trying anything new. And if you're not trying anything new, you're not growing. Now, I don't want them making the same failure every week. That is a no-no. That means they're not learning. They're not growing. But 
the only way you grow is through failure. So I am right now as your pastor telling you, this week I want you to go out and fail, all right? Fail as a parent, fail as a partner, fail as a professional. Why? Because the next week you'll be a better parent. You'll be a better partner. You'll be a better professional. It's by learning through the failure. So don't let self-doubt keep you. I'd rather attempt to do something great and fail than attempt to do nothing and succeed. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. We have some really exciting news. Generous friends of Daily Hope have offered a $25,000 matching grant. That means whatever you give to help share the hope of Jesus worldwide will be doubled by the grant. But don't wait because we only have a few days to meet this match. Any amount not met will be lost. So please act quickly. Here's Rick to tell you more. You know, I started Daily Hope so I could spread the good news about Jesus, not just across America, but all around the world. And we want people to know that God's word is filled with hope and truth. And the power that we need to follow him every day is available to every single one. You know as well as I do that the word of God changes lives. It's alive, it's active, and it breathes new life and new love into all of our lives. So wherever you listen to this, whether you listen on the website, whether you listen on a radio station, whether you listen through a podcast, you're a part of the Daily Hope family, and I need your help. We could not do this without your support. Now, you know I don't take any funds from this broadcast. We don't have any giant million-dollar donor who's giving big gifts to this. It comes from daily donations from listeners like you. We're 100% listener-funded. Would you continue to pray for this broadcast, and would you continue to support us? And let write to me. Let, let me hear from you. I absolutely love reading the stories that are sent to me. So write me, pray for me, and support this ministry. And God will bless it, and God will bless you, and we'll get to heaven, and we'll thank God for all the people going to be in heaven because you cared. When you give a gift to Daily Hope, you're helping share the hope of Jesus with people everywhere. And right now, your gift will be doubled by a $25,000 matching grant. Go to PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004 and we'll send you Going Deeper with God, a personal renewal retreat to say thanks. Again, that's PastorRick.com or the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Today is the last day to get this great resource and have your gift matched by the $25,000 matching grant. So contact us today. Join us again next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.